0: To all our first time listeners, welcome. To all our former besties returning, welcome back.
1: Oh my god.
0: Oh my god, you guys.
1: I think that's all we have I think to that's, say.
0: Oh my god. My oh my god, god, you, my guys.
1: god you guys. Guys, looks like L L Woods is on our podcast today.
0: You guys <sighs> Close your eyes. The year's 2007. You're turning on your TV. You're flipping through Mm -hmm. the stations. You get to MTV. That kind of rhyme, TV. Oh, TV and TV rhyme. You get to MTV. (laughs) You turn it on and you hear, oh my God, oh my God, you guys.
1: Who else tuned in to Legally Blonde the Musical on MTV? Because I know we both did.
0: It was, if you watched MTV in 2007, you couldn't miss it. It was on repeat more than anything.
1: I mean, we're not trying to say that Hamilton going on Disney Plus copied Legally Blonde, the musical on MTV. We're like, we're not trying to say that. But. I mean.
0: It's, you know, which is fine.
1: So fine. We love Hamilton.
0: Love it. But.
1: We also love Legally Blonde the musical and we also really really love Laura Bell Bundy.
0: Yes, we do. If you haven't caught on,
1: <laughs> <laughs> if it's not obvious enough already,
0: this week's guest is Laura Bell Bundy.
1: The one and only, she's an actress, a singer, a dancer. She truly does it all. We we love her. Like we really really love her and after talking with her, we love her even more.
0: I know we've said this multiple times, but really, this is by far one of my favorite episodes. It's, it gets to different topics than we normally cover.
1: Yeah, it does. So, of course, we hear all about Laura Bell and her amazing career, but there's also a lot about what's going on in the world today. And she's very passionate about it. David and I learned so much from her, and we know there's just a lot to take away from this episode. I guess we'll say that.
0: There is. We have one bit of news we need to discuss before we get to it. Yes. Grace, how are you doing? I texted Grace the breaking news this week.
1: You texted me, then Tim texted me. People were very up in arms about this announcement.
0: You guys, the Kardashians are done. They're done.
1: The Kardashians are done. They have called it quits. The internet exploded. Memes were going crazy. And they're done. They're done. We're still processing, I'll be honest.
0: I think that we'll have more thoughts next week. It's just just too soon.
1: It's too soon. It's too
0: fresh. We will have more thoughts next week.
1: This is actually a perfect time (laughs) to introduce Laura Bell because she's going to turn our frowns upside down.
0: You guys, if you like Laura Bell Bundy's music, if you're a country music fan, you know her song, Giddy On Up. So let's giddy on up into this interview.
1: <laughs> Here she is, Laura Bell Bundy. Hi. 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 Can you hear us okay? We we have headphones and we always like to check just before. Yes. Can okay. you
2: hear me? Let me check let me put my headphones in and um and also connect my little microphone
1: here yeah we've tried it both ways and we've stuck to the headphones we never know we never
0: know if there's really a difference or not i don't
1: think there's much of a difference except for no one else in your house can hear you that's true yeah (laughs) right i'm always afraid something is going to set my dog off Yeah. i just keep the headphones in yeah i understand that (laughs) something is going to wake my kid up
2: Uh oh um
1: we don't need it (laughs) no how you doing we're good, how are you doing? How has your quarantine been? <laughs> uh, well, I started the quarantine
2: off with the coronavirus. Oh. Uh. And, uh, and so, you know, what's interesting is that this isn't, uh, this is very real to me because I had the virus. It's not like some, you know, hoax. Yeah. And um, so today I found myself incredibly frustrated with people who aren't taking it seriously. And I still have residual, um, effects from having had the virus, even though I had a very mild case compared to,
1: um,
2: and I'm okay, but I still get like tightness in my chest. Sometimes I still get like these weird back pain and crazy headaches and stuff. And, uh, you know, I have friends that had it who like get brain fog and feel like they're going to pass out and they, and they're not contagious anymore. You know, they don't even, it doesn't even register that the virus is in there. And it's, it, what happens is the body becomes inflamed and to, to the, what the happens, the body's working so hard to fight the virus off that mm. it then becomes inflamed. And then that inflammation is kind of your residual effect you're dealing with for how long we don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, that's what's so scary is how much is so unknown about it. Oh, it's just ridiculous. It's yeah. just crazy. But, and it's, but again, it's like,
2: this is why we have to really be careful we have to take these things seriously so um but you know there have been some positives about about it you know it's like getting off the hamster wheel long enough mm-hmm. to like reflect on is your life the way you want your life to be is it set up and spending time with my son more and my yeah. husband being home from work I mean, he's getting more time with our son since this pandemic than he
1: ha- had the first half of my son's life so oh yeah those are good things to take away yes yeah well, we're glad that you are okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Hopefully Thank you. The,
1: the side effects. I mean. You know,
0: okay. can I just, can I just ask? I just had COVID. Oh, you did? I just got over it. I just had it last month. Cause I don't know. I was reading like, you know, they're, they're saying like, it can mess with your brain. And I feel like that's the main thing where I'll just be like, I cannot think of certain things or like, y'all still get like the tightness.
2: So I was actually talking to a doctor yesterday on the Seth Rudesky Actors Fund uh thing they do stars in the
1: house
2: uh dr lapook is his name (laughs) okay and so he was saying to me that there's inflammation and sometimes that inflammation can be on your brain and that is maybe why you might be feeling brain fog so So now he didn't say this to me but i'll say this to you as co you know survivors of this virus that what has helped me has been um eating an anti-inflammatory diet. Okay. And sweating a little bit every day mm-hmm. and limiting my alcohol intake, even though it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I draw the line at the alcohol. That's a- <laughs> it's so hard. But what happens is we drink too much, we kind of swell up. You know, we get yeah. that like you know bloated hungover face, right? Yeah. So it's that's also happening internally, so we're just exacerbating it. So you want to limit the things that cause inflammation in the body. So take a look at an anti-inflammatory diet. See if you can start incorporating things that take down inflammation and then mm-hmm. um, and not eat some of those things that cause inflammation and see if you feel better. Okay. I, I notice a difference, especially. Yeah. Um, especially with the um, sweating a little bit every
1: day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's so easy. We're sedentary. Our lives right now are so sedentary.
1: So, yeah. We'll have to get you started on some at-home workouts, David. Yes. And we'll get your blood pumping, your We're sweat gonna. going. <laughs> just dance your heart out. Do Perfect. anything you want. <sighs> Let out that virus.
0: <laughs> yes. My, like, window that's open here, people are going to walk by and I'll just be... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. And of course, our podcast is all about like 90s, 2000s. And you, your resume is insane with so many things that you've been a part of.
1: Oh, my gosh. Gosh. We cannot wait to pick your brain. We promise this will not be three hours long. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'd love to just start out and ask the basic, how did you get started in the entertainment industry? How, you know, you uh, sing, dance, act, which one did you know you wanted to do first? Um, well,
2: uh, <laughs> my beginning to the business um, is a little unorthodox, I guess. It's just not, not what normally happens. Um, I am from Kentucky originally. I grew up in Lexington, Kentucky. And, um, and my mom put me in pageants at the same time. I was also doing dance at my, um, dance school, town and village school of dance in Paris, Kentucky, which is in bourbon County, which happens to be a dry County and you can't get bourbon there, but. Oh,
1: okay. (laughs) Anyway,
2: (laughs) um, so I'm in this town and I'm doing local theater and I'm doing this stuff and I'm in piano lessons and singing lessons, all this. And I, um, my mom signed me up for a pageant that I ended up winning the local, state, and the national level of the Miss Pee-wee hemisphere pageant.
1: Look at and you. I, and
2: I won <laughs> I won a new car. Wow. Yeah. How old were you? Five. Oh you need a car at the five. Perfect dates for your own car. Yeah, especially like all that dating I was doing and, and needed oh. to meet my dates. Oh my days.
1: gosh. Yeah. I needed
2: that car. Um I needed that car. <laughs> um so I win a car and then there is this uh, we get this call from the pageant director saying that Phil Donahue, do you remember Phil Donahue? Now this is like, talk about your show is like just after the reign of uh, Phil Donahue. Right. So Phil Donahue uh, has his show. It's like, it's like the most popular investigative talk show on TV. And my mom is like, <laughs> just, like so
1: just like my dog, just like my dog. Oh, sorry. It's
2: totally fine. Uh, I have a little yapper too. So anyway, my mom gets this call from the pageant director saying, Phil Donahue is doing this uh, show on children's pageants. And it's an all expense paid trip to New York City. My mom's like, oh my God, (laughs) we are going to go to New York. And we're going to stay at the Sheridan Hotel on 7th Avenue. It's going to be amazing. And so, you know, we go to Kmart and get new clothes and also a big, New pageant dress, all this stuff. So we go to New York and we do the show and it ends up being an expose on children's pageants and they invite a child psychologist and the audience turns on the parents (laughs) and the kids and they're like, I can't believe you're doing this to your daughter. It's like, blah, blah, blah. And the parents are all defensive. And I end up, gra- I end up reaching for Phil Donahue's mic. Oh, oh my, my god! And so he's like, this little girl wants to say something. And I'm like, I like badgins. Oh. You know, so I remember at the time that the feeling that I had in that moment wasn't good. Now I know that feeling is called shame. But oh. I did it as because I never thought there was anything wrong with what I was doing,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I had I looked like a drag queen, um, but I didn't think there was anything <laughs> wrong with that, you know, and neither did my mom. And yeah. so then my mom was like, I can't believe these people think, Oh my right gosh, right here and that you know, and um. And she marches my little ass over to Ford Modeling Agency because she is going to turn chicken shit into chicken salad. And she goes my mom is like Southern Mama Rose. And and she's like, we'd like to meet with the children's division. And they're like, well, ma'am, you need an appointment. And she's like, well... This is Little Miss Pee Wee Hemisphere, and we're only going to be here tomorrow. So if they're going to meet her, they're going to need to see her now. And somehow they allowed us.
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: (laughs) And they ended up signing me to a five-year contract.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: Right there. On the spot? On the spot to be a child model. And because we didn't live in New York, I was going to be a summer kid and a summer kid are kids that come to New York only for the summers when the school is out, and then they go back to wherever they're from and they have a school year and they're a normal kid. And and because my parents had a business, together and I was in school, that's what we did. And when I went every summer, my mom had me uh, training with these singing teachers or going to Broadway Dance Center or getting acting classes. And so while I began as mostly an actor, that, I mean, sorry, as a model, um, (laughs) which I found incredibly boring, by the way. Did you? (laughs) Just like, (laughs) there was a turning point for me where I realized, so I was also into movie musicals and I oh, yeah. loved John Waters at like, as like an eight-year-old. And oh, I have some really funny stories about um, some of my experiences in the summers living in New York in the 80s. So I've lived one summer. I this one particular time was just rich with experience. <laughs> I lived on uh, 31st Street between Park and Madison. And okay. it was kind of grimy, right, at that time. It's New York in, in 1989 was a little different. And um, we stayed this street. It was across the street from an abortion clinic. It was next door to a Lebanese restaurant that taught me to spell my name in Arabic. And I saw my first hooker that summer. Oh,
0: what a tie. What an experience. It was, wow. it's, it's an eight-year-old.
2: And there was a homeless man that sat on the stoop that my father tipped money to look out for me and my mom. Oh, <laughs> and, and I mean, the education I got of like, just this like little like Southern wide-eyed girl not exposed to anything. I go to New York and I'm like, Mommy, why is that lady crying Uh, outside the abortion clinic? And she's like, oh my God, what's abortion? You know, it's like, these are the questions you're like, oh my God, I have to tell an eight-year-old this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And he was just insane. So, but at the same time of getting all that cultural exposure, um, (laughs) I was doing- all these singing and dancing classes and eventually started to audition for musical theater in New York. And the first job that I ever got was Radio City Music Hall's Christmas Spectacular. And What that, an amazing thing. Oh my goodness. This is the most wonderful, fun show you could ever do. There's camels in it. There's goats yeah. in it. There's just anything you need for a nativity scene. Jesus is in it. Um, <laughs> uh, there's little people that are elves. It was just, there was an ice skating rink. It was just the most fantastic and fun show. There's only you can only go down from there. And I was I was nine, and um, and then it was so great. And then from there, I ended up um doing this uh this show called Ruthless because the musical director of that sh- uh sh- of Radio City Musical was writing this new musical that ended up becoming Ruthless that i developed for a while Mm, Um, and there's some interesting connections for you in regards to your show is that I had two understudies in that show and one understudy was Britney Spears and the other one was Natalie Portman
0: oh my (laughs) my god
1: (laughs) and we were you you know know that at the time did I know they were going to be famous (laughs) no (laughs) That <laughs> they were the understudies. Oh, of course I did. I saw okay. them regularly.
2: I was oh. the only kid in the show and then they were okay. backstage or they were okay. hanging out at the theater. And um, and I I was friendly with Brittany and her mom and her sister. And my mom was too. I think my mom was more friendly with them because I was doing the show and my mom was yeah, waiting outside sure. and talking to them. But I became very close with Natalie. Uh, for some reason, we just connected. Mm. And I I'm not sure, you know, why we were around each other more and I know we really liked each other but then our friendship continued on beyond the show but I remember we were kids we would um we you know so I did the show eight shows a week I'm like 10 years old 10 11 years old when Natalie got hired I had turned 11 at that point and um and so in between shows I would just Natalie and I would literally like walk to a restaurant without our parents at 11 years old in the village and eat. And we once, we once went to the Brown Derby Steakhouse. And I do Ooh. remember our parents ended up walking in, but they sat at a booth separate than ours. And it
1: was <laughs> Natalie and I sitting
2: alone. <laughs> yeah. And she, it's, you know, I order a big steak and she orders a caprese salad and then she proceeds to tell me how the meat industry treats the animals. She's 11. Oh And she goes into this detailed, she
1: was already an activist at 11. Oh Um, my gosh. But she almost convinced me to be a vegetarian at that meal.
0: (laughs) Oh my (laughs) gosh.
1: With your plate full of steak. With my plate full of steak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow that that everything you just said i am that was amazing
0: yeah
1: <laughs> these are things you might not have known to ask no this <laughs> is so great oh my gosh i also could see natalie portman being an activist at that age i could oh see, she, she yeah. was so cool she was so cool we had so much fun together
0: and Aww. i had such a
2: great group of friends uh, in New York growing up that were just diverse and fun and wild. And, and we, and we would, uh, and, you know, living in apartment living was weird too, but she would come to my apartment and we would put on pageants. And also I was close with the Culkin kids because we went to school together. And um, so, you know, Kieran and Mac would also be involved in, you know, these, what other, whatever we were doing, whether, you uh-huh. know, having whipped cream fights on the roof of the building, or, or, um, or we were putting on pageants. In uh, so I feel like I want to say Mac was our MC, and Kieran would just be like, "Let me dress him up as a girl." Uh, and and I, he, one time he did he did an impersonation of me as a pageant contestant that I remember he did my song from, Ruthless, but. We all just had so much fun. It was so silly. That sounds so
0: so
1: great. Oh, I love love, all of that.
0: Seriously. (laughs) So So then
1: you go ahead, David.
0: I was going to ask, so then going from on stage to then working in movies and TV shows, how did you make that transition?
2: So, well, when I was younger and I was doing Ruthless, I got my first film, which was Adventures of Huck Finn, which Mm -hmm. starred Elijah Wood. And Courtney Vance, and um, and then I did a couple of other films, and then I went back to theater and blah blah blah. But when I and and so it it was kind of all together. Mm. And then when I was eighteen, I uh, I did a soap opera called Guiding Light,
1: okay. which is no
2: longer on. Um, but at the time, you know, it was the oldest soap opera, as it started on radio first. And I I only did that show for two years. But what I learned from doing that show was how to incorporate subtlety into my work oh, and, um, and you know, from being a stage actor, right? Like oh, sure. especially doing that show Ruthless as a child that was very big and very campy yeah. and I played a child murderer and it was a comedy Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> and you know uh, so as I'm doing this as I'm doing guiding light, I really truly had a master class every day on having new material every day, which was, you know, could be up to 20 pages of lines in a day you had to learn mm-hmm. and being able to be emotionally available and vulnerable and intimate and all of that in my work. And, um, and so I think that gave me a good foundation. And, and then after, you know, I did hairspray and, um, that was big.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> and, so great. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good musical. Oh my um,
2: gosh. But, you know, I think it's always been this balance of figuring out what the tone is mm-hmm. of whatever the show is right? It's either a theatrical show or television or film. And is the television a sitcom and what's that tone? And is it a single camera? What's that tone? So it's always mm. an adjustment. And sometimes I even show up in the, in the wrong tone and I have to readjust to this day. Uh, mm. I'm, I'm adjusting tone. This is my, my instinct is to go big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I often get the note. Just it Um, <laughs> but I also think that there is a part of me, too, that works from the inside out. So that transition, it, even though it appears as if I, I, I'm most well known for having done theater in, in Hairspray and Legally Blonde, and then going into music, and then going into TV, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that. There was, yeah. there was a little bit, I've done a lot more TV now, because I just happen to live in LA.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There's just not Broadway There's here. Yeah. Right. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. We did, because you also had the part as Bonnie Hunt's character, Sarah, the younger version in Jumanji as well. Yes. Yes. Which is one of the best movies. Do you have any fun memories from that experience? Yeah.
2: I mean, so we shot it in Vancouver, and the house was, the entire house, was built inside of a soundstage. Oh, was it really? Real? And then the, but not the outside of it, but then okay. the outside of the house was only the structure. Okay. In some neighborhood where there was an open lot. Oh, wow. And we filmed it. I filmed the, my first half of my stuff in December and the and the back half of my stuff in March. So it was quite a distance. Okay. And um, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, cause because we're shooting all shooting in the house, past and present. Um, I did run into and see and talk to Bonnie and um, and Robin Williams, but oh I didn't God. have scenes with them, of course, because That's we right. were young versions of him, them. Um, but you know, I had to run from bats. The <laughs> <Yes>. bats
0: <laughs> I was to last- ask what they were. CGI, yeah. CGI. Okay.
2: We're Even not the there. On your back? But that one walk? was there. That one okay. was there. And and I had to do this fall. And then we had to have it. Th- so it was like this choreographed moment. And you can see it. I'm like going really fast. And then it's suddenly sudden. I'm looking at them. <laughs> and then I am running again. Um and I they remember they called they named the bat Tito. Oh like, uh, no, Edo e- 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 Judge Edo, remember from the um uh, O.J. Simpson case. Oh, oh okay. They named the bat after really? that. I, mean, I don't remember. That was so random. That Yeah, <laughs> that is so random. So I was 13 and I had to have a kiss in the movie, okay? But I didn't film. So that was December. I had never had my first kiss. Oh. And then I was like, I have to shoot the kiss scene in March. And I was like, I'll be damned if I am going to find someone to kiss me before i have to kiss someone on screen and have years of therapy because of it
1: oh um, boy. Mm-hmm. but i did
2: i made it happen like literally oh, weeks yeah. before yeah you got that kiss got that kiss his name was hunter garner oh
1: hunter, hunter yeah we we,
2: we we ended up going out for like about six months too so pretty long relationship i was for, gonna say a little, at so, age, like yeah, 13 yeah going out. 13 14 and in fact i i'm still friendly with him i follow
1: him on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: I hope he hears this
1: (laughs) Hunter everyone go give Hunter a follow on TikTok yeah Hunter Garner on on TikTok y'all oh my gosh that is that's hilarious and his mom I
2: follow his mom too I love her so much
1: oh that's sweet that's really sweet she's a
2: hoot
0: Well, we would love, Grace saw uh, Legally Blonde with you in it live. Sure did. I watched it on MTV, but we loved <laughs> that musical so much.
1: Amazing. <laughs> yes, I remember we would go see at least two, if we could afford it, Broadway shows in the summer, because I am from the East Coast. And I remember we always loved Legally Blonde. And my dad said, they're making a musical. And we were like, we have to be there. And it was such an incredible show and I can't compliment you enough because I'm the only girl in my family. So I saw it with two, my two brothers and my dad. And I remember when we were leaving, they were like, Oh, it was great. The colors, of this. And I remember I fell, I totally was taken with the way you played Elle because I left there feeling like I could do anything. Cause I didn't just, you know, cause Elle's very energetic and she's upbeat and she wears pink, but I feel that I saw more of the strength that you brought to her and a vulnerable side to her. And I just can't, I can't say enough good things about that show. I, I just, I have a, I have a sense memory from that. I was so young, but from when I left there, because I really felt like, oh my gosh, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it as a young girl. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah, I I really did. I'll never, I was talking to my dad about it this morning. I, I felt like I could take, take on the world. Oh, I love that.
2: And yeah. that, was, that was what I wanted young women to feel like when they came to see that show. It and came doing,
1: across, it really did. Doing that part, it almost convinced me of the same thing. <laughs> oh, I, that's great. When you can find that in some work that you're doing. Yeah, and you oh. know, there was a, a bit of it
2: that in playing that part, you know, a lot of people play Elle almost as if she's flighty. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or unserious. But she actually is serious she, serious. She's just serious about silly things. Yeah. Yeah. And when she starts to become serious about more serious things, that's when she gets start taken taken seriously. Yeah. But yeah. um, but there was a. F- I have I'm a person that's got a little bit of a of bite. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use my anger in my work. And it's so much better that song, especially that fight in me um it came out and that feeling that uh that i had that was similar to eld where i had been underestimated um or thought i was stupid because i was blonde um you know my fight about that came out
1: oh that song especially Ah. it's you feel it because she's saying i am so much better than before and she can really feel her strength Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so wonderful. We I absolutely love that show. And yeah, the and we watched the reality. Did you watch the reality show, David? Yeah. <laughs> we loved all of it. <laughs> loved every part of it. Well,
0: cool, because it was also so different, too, because I feel like it was one of the first musicals that I remember being able, because I'm from a really small town in Illinois, so I never was in New York, but just being able to watch a musical on TV,
2: mm-hmm. like a real
0: Broadway musical there, that was so cool.
2: yeah. I think it was it was like the first time they ever did the yeah. like a live musical. Now we have this trend of doing these live musicals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like true. MT- MTV was one of the first uh, major networks to do that. PBS had done like Peter Pan and stuff, and some Into uh, the Woods, I think they had recorded at one point. Um, but this was the first for broadcast uh, that I remember, um, and then I think it began a trend. Oh yeah
0: it was all the original cast too because now I feel like all the live ones it's like they're getting you know these actors and actresses who aren't the original Broadway actors so it's so cool that it was your original cast
2: yeah and it didn't matter that it was it didn't need to be famous people Mm -hmm. It got 20 million viewers on that it's so good oh because the show was so great it really
1: really is
0: and then you guys did the um you guys did like a zoom reunion during quarantine. We yes,
1: we did. <laughs> I love that. It's so fun. We did. It was for the Broadway Podcast Network. Yeah. Yes. That's so fun. Was it great to be reunited?
2: Yeah. You know, a lot of us are, are, are in regular communication. I was just yeah. texting Heather Hawk this morning, who is um, yeah. the writer of, of a book. We are all very close. A couple of the cast members were actually in my wedding. Um, But, you know, a few people I hadn't seen in a while. I hadn't seen uh, Larry and Nell, who were the composers. And, uh, you know, just seeing everybody together, too, was just it's just so great. It's so great. And reminiscing about, you know, putting that show together was it was so fun. And and it
1: it it was a very special group of people. Oh, and you because you were also in Wicked, which is another show that we love. Yes, I, I think was. David and I sing for good too often. Not, I love that song. We're, we're not very good, but oh, we think. No. <laughs> uh, one of like,
0: the only complaints we've gotten from our podcast is that we need to never sing again. <laughs> and we will never stop. But we just, we never stop. I think that's a
1: good thing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we've both seen that show together. We wish we saw it with you in it, but I've seen clips of you in it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I covered, I was Kristen Jenna with standby. Yes. So, uh, and while I did this show for these large chunks of time, she was filming a movie or doing another project. Um, you know, there were only these, besides, you know, anything, if she, her being ill or anything, you wouldn't have been able to. See That's me so
0: true. True.
1: Um, when you, yeah, I guess because you would have to arrive and get the little insert in the playbill. Yeah. Isn't that how they do it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. <laughs> the role of the
2: Glinda. Glinda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Linda.
0: Linda.
1: <laughs> oh. We'd also love to talk about your music. Yeah, happy to. So you had, you have, you had your first album in 2007, then there was Aiken and Shaken, mm-hmm. which got number five on the Billboard charts. That's so amazing. Yeah, I was pretty lucky out of the gate.
2: <laughs> pretty lucky.
0: I love the song Gideon Up and I still remember because I just love country music growing up and I remember I think it was like 2010-ish that you performed at the ACM Awards. Yes. I remember watching it and I remember like you had like a DVR. I was just like no country singers ever come out dancing like this. This is so cool. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Thank you. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs) We were we just watched it the other day I don't know how you did that. It looks exhausting to be able to dance and sing all, I mean, I'm sure Broadway, you're a little bit used to it. Well, you
2: know, what's interesting about the difference is most of the time in Broadway, are dance breaks where there's no singing when it gets crazy, even though there is stuff where there is movement while you're singing, mm-hmm. but then there's always like a music break where you're dancing. So the difference was I, don't, I didn't stop singing. And also because they basically said, we will give you this slot on our show, but you have to shorten the song. So they took away all of the breaks. So oh, it was no. hard to breathe. I was dancing and singing that entire time. So I had to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. But you see at the end of that clip, I go, <gasps>
0: I was out of breath watching you. We, all were, we were all breathing with you. <laughs> Everyone took a big deep you breath. You definitely proved that you sang live.
2: Well, um, and that was the other thing is that, yes, I was. And then now I watch the Grammys and I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now, they are not singing because <laughs> they sound too good.
0: Uh-huh. And they're not oh, out of breath.
2: They're yeah. not out of breath. Yeah.
0: Totally. And
2: yeah. And remember- even if they are singing, there is a track underneath them and there is a mixer
1: mixing it with the vocal. Mm-hmm. There has it's to so be. so
0: crazy. Yeah,
1: no, it's so true. When you watch or hear it, there's just no way because it sounds exactly like the one you have on your phone or like the music you listen to your car. And yeah. that's too spot on. It's a little bit too spot on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
1: those mics especially,
2: you hear the breath.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's yeah.
1: That's a good point. We're on to them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where did you film that music video for Gideon Up? Because I know it's like in the the ranch looking area.
2: Yeah, we I think we filmed we filmed that on the old Warner Brothers lot. It was off the 405 and I actually think it may have perished in a fire recently. It was where the it was the
0: the the Deadwoods.
2: Yeah. Oh right!
0: That did it was, burn. It was the Deadwood set.
2: Okay. So, uh, which is also the Westwoods, uh, Westworld
0: right. set. Right.
2: Oh, that's right. Which was also the set of Gideon Up. <laughs>
0: yeah. Most importantly, the set of Gideon Up. up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, because it was that the one that did burn down, though. It you said it did. It's not there anymore. I don't know if it burnt down, but it
2: was in a fire. Let's Google it. I'm pretty sure, (laughs)
0: because I remember reading about the Westworld sets being-
1: Because is Westworld uh, still on? Uh, Yeah, Yeah. but it's not there anymore. That's what I was wondering.
0: The set for HBO's hit show, Westworld, has burned up in a growing fire Uh, east of Los Angeles. Western structures at the Paramount Ranch was among the, uh, the damage scene.
1: Oh, yikes. Okay. That's it. Damn. That's really sad it is um so we also saw that you have your sketch comedy series and I gotta tell you I love the Broadway bus stop oh thanks what a fun idea did you well did you have the creative decision to bring who you wanted to the bus stop oh yeah fun for you yeah yeah oh my totally. gosh there's I, a few broadway bus stops we haven't put out one uh, has
2: shoshana bean and the other has carrie oh butler no. while i'm pl- i'm playing a homeless person singing
0: oh my gosh
2: it's so much wrong with it i think it's probably
1: good i don't put it out there <laughs> oh no Now i'm trying to imagine i had his
2: character <laughs> i don't know that that's more my character you need a biscuit But, um, but I think I had something similar to that. It was like Barb, Broadway Barb or something.
1: It's, it's really such a fun series. And do you write for those as well? Yeah, I create all of them. Okay. Uh, I, I do, um,
2: you know, I just come up with ideas like, oh, you know, it'd be fun if we had Bobby Singer singing at a bus stop. And then that's improviser. That's right. Whatever. Um, most of the things on Schizophrenic, which is my comedy channel, I have, uh, created, um, and written or collaborated on the writing with, um, a few other folks. My, my, um, two of my best friends, um, Tiffany Ingen and Brooke Ingen who are twins you'll see them in a lot of stuff so s- some of some of this stuff is just the three of us going like you know it'd be funny <laughs> and <sighs> then and then putting something together so sometimes this gets they're more responsible for writing or one of them is more responsible for writing and so okay are more responsible
0: for writing. Mm-hmm.
1: oh that's the best part that's about so sketch fun. comedy though just working yeah. together that way that's that's the best <laughs> yeah
0: and you can tell whenever you guys get along like mm. if you don't
1: Oh Don't my do God, French
0: comedy, if you're not going to be <laughs> getting along.
2: Everything. I mean, for a while there, it was just the creativity that it was like, we should do this musical number inside of a laundry mat. Or we should do, oh, we did once an entire choreographed music video, dance number from the time that you place your order at a drive-through restaurant to the time that you get your order oh at the God. window. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the craziest thing we had these cameras all around and we had people behind us with cameras and we had set up all these cameras to see if we could get this and you guys in a car we were in a jeep wrangler so we could okay. jump
0: out I'm of it and it. dance
1: around it and then get our order at the end
0: oh wow that's such a fun idea
1: I was going to say, because I know anytime anyone's ever tried to walk through a drive through, they don't like that. <laughs> so there needs to be a car. <laughs> yeah. So there was a car. And so what was happening is someone would dance and then
2: the driver would like, they would like tap out the driver, the driver would flip and then the driver would dance. And okay. anyway, it's on there. You can see it. I'm going um, to check it out. Uh, <laughs> so, and then we just like added the music on top and everything, but. You know, lots of funny characters and mm-hmm. and silly stuff.
0: It's fun. Yeah. What it, was the reaction like for some of those? Did anyone ever get angry whenever you guys just jumped out and started?
2: Um, I... Th- <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no. <laughs> oh,
2: no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> there were, like, you know, imagine working at a drive through and you're seeing this, and this person is like, uh, here are your fries. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, just like, oh,
0: That's so funny.
1: <laughs> I would have loved it if I saw that. Um, and also
2: people around honking horns and um, watching. And there's always spectators and there's always silly stuff. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing is when you can be a character in public or you're doing something that combines reality with entertainment. Mm-hmm. I love that, mm-hmm. um, and I, I used to do that with a couple of my characters where I just put on their outfits and their wigs, and I went out into the world as them.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Sometimes you get the best response because people are not expecting it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't, don't have to be. You are, and
2: you don't have to be who you don't have to be you for a while. That's true. That's true too. Yeah. 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 That's why I called it schizophrenic.
1: Oh, okay. I love that. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: And this that's is like, on
1: the skits. That's
0: yeah. Like perfect.
1: <laughs> um, and I did want to ask, so you're also, you're currently developing a women's history sketch comedy show, right? Yes. Girl Time?
2: Yes. We've actually changed the name. Okay. Um, to uh, Pushy Bitchy Frumpy Horry,
1: a show about women's history. I love that.
0: That's so good. <laughs> I love
1: that. Can you tell us that it's in development, right? Or is Yeah. So we were developing it with Freeform Network
2: Mm. and now we're, uh, we're sort of revamping it and we're taking it out because it had, it was like women's history meets a talk show and, but now it's really gotten into this very heavy comedy side. So it's, it's taking stories about women, uh, women's history, and it's telling those in comedic ways. Uh, And in in sort of a spirit of a drunk history, but like we could be using a format uh, that you're familiar with that you recognize and then we're telling the history inside of it. But it's just it's just a way to eat your vegetables and not know that you're eating your vegetables. And Uh there's so Mm -hmm. much left out of our history books. There's so much history that women are not aware of. And, uh, you know, I think about it right now, you know, we've just been celebrating the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment. Yeah. And obviously, we know that women had to fight for the right to vote um, at that time. And then again, in um, 1965, when women of color got the right to vote. But we also forget that women could not own property until eight. you know, here until 1848. In fact, they were considered the property of their husbands and women nice. could not. And OK, that was 1848 that we could open property, but we still couldn't take out a credit card uh, without the permission of our husbands or our fathers until 1972. I can't even wow. fathom that. I can't fathom it.
0: That is crazy because I don't think this is the first time I've ever heard that. I don't think I was ever taught that in school.
2: Right. So you're not taught these things in yeah. school. And, you know, things like you know, birth control, which a, a lot of people use, a lot of women use. Uh, a lot of men are really happy that women use it. Yeah. These things had to be fought for. It, mm. it wasn't until, I believe it was also 1965, that married women got the right to take birth control. But it wasn't until 1972 that single women were able to take birth control. And this is something we completely take wow. for granted now. We oh, completely yeah. take for granted that this had to be fought for, that these weren't a given, they weren't just legal, that it was illegal to even discuss birth control in any pre- printed materials because of the Comstock laws until that time. And people were arrested and charged with felonies by sending printed materials about the uh, female reproductive system. Oh my God, wow. so. You know, we just don't know. We just don't know a lot about this. We don't know that in the late 1800s, you know, uh, Lysol and Borax was advertised to as a feminine douche, (laughs) aka, aka, you won't get pregnant if you use it. And because there were people were just couples were getting pregnant and having children after children, after children with no understanding of how the female reproductive system works. There was no rhythm method at that time. Um, there was no means of birth control and then birth control then became illegal. So we think about as women, we've joined the workforce and the number one thing that has contributed to us being able to be in that workforce, um, is yes, our ability to own property and earn, earn a living wage which happened around 1848 our ability to vote and our ability to plan a family mm-hmm. uh, so that we can be in the workplace and say okay now i'm ready to have but i'm not ready now mm-hmm. and and i uh and i still would like to get my groove on mm-hmm. i think it's- <laughs> That was so informative. Thank you for sharing all that. Welcome. Anytime. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's also the very first female president to ever uh, run for president was Victoria Woodhull. Okay. And she was also, her and her sister were the first ever women to own a brokerage firm on Wall Street. Oh, wow. Really? And she ran uh, on the Equal Rights Party, and Frederick Douglass was her running mate.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: Why don't we know this? You don't know this, but she was called, she also has this hilarious, uh, she was apparently a spiritual advisor for Cornelius Vanderbilt, and he gave her the money to start her uh, Wall Street firm because she was giving him spiritual (laughs) advice about um, brokering. And, um, And he was getting money, and he was like, hey, there's something here. Um, but, you know, she also believed in free love. And according to her, free love wasn't necessarily to sleep with who you want. It was that a woman was in control of when she was in the mood. And if she was not, that meant no. So basically, mm-hmm. she was the first on the, the bandwagon of she must be complicit. Yep. And this was controversial. Nuts. That is nuts. Because raping your wife within marriage was not illegal until 1993 in all 50 states of America.
1: 1993? Yes, honey! Oh, that is so upsetting. That is so upsetting. I I gave you your history lesson. I'm sure that's not what you expected to get today. No,
0: No, but that's- Listen,
1: I'm very thankful for it because it's important. It is so important to hear. And then, like you said, it helps girls, women, to not take for granted the things that we have. Yeah, this is, you know, we, we forget that everything
2: had to be fought for and marched about because that is how we work as a country since the beginning of the inception of our country.
1: Mm-hmm. When
2: people needed something to change, they got out on the streets and they raised their voices about it the boston tea party talk about looting yeah <laughs> it threw out all yeah. the tea yeah. and then it began our revolution and that was patriotism mm-hmm. so we have to uh, remember that as well as we look back at our history but there's a lot of women's history that is that is totally uh just unknown and, and they oh, don't yeah, teach no. us in our history books because history is written by the victors it's written by those who mm-hmm. won history and that is typically white men yes
0: yeah where
2: <laughs> are you We don't have, you don't
0: have to use any of this political I love all of this.
2: No, (laughs) you don't have to use it anyway. Your, your people are going to be like, I want to know more about Britney Spears.
0: (laughs) Which is why they probably should hear about this. (laughs)
2: Right? Oh my God. It's so
0: cool. So then, so then you'll basically then take this history and then put it in the show.
2: Yeah. So this, so we will be featuring these different women in history. We will be featuring, um, uh, different moments in history, uh, whether, uh, Let's see, let's see, let's see. What are, so we, we feature women, but we also uh, time periods and events, right? Okay. And, um, and then we talk about history today as well in it uh, by like doing like funny interviews. But today I have a series coming out called Woman-demic. Oh. And woman is a, a short comedic video series that investigates how women are adversely affected during this pandemic. And um, some fun facts for you are that 90% of nurses are women. Majority of teachers are women. A lot of our essential workers are women. And that women who are uh, moms are are really, really doubling down on what is called the second shift, which is their shift at work and then their shift at home because they are mm-hmm. now stuck at home. Yeah. And yeah. so these sort of silent responsibilities that we put on women, whether it's cooking or cleaning or doing the shopping or child rearing, um, is, it's sort of like, uh, crashing with the work responsibilities. And it's just been very tiresome for this particular pandemic. And women are mostly, uh, they tend to take care of their elderly parents as well, more than men do. And so that's another uh, burden that's been put on them and a very scary one as as we move through this pandemic. So we interview people, um, we interviewed Senator, uh, Senator Barbara Boxer, um, we interview experts on this, where it's, it's fun and sort of comedic, but it's also quite serious too. And you can, yes. in terms of you're getting useful information. But oh, you yeah. think about another way that women are affected during this is that one in five women experience domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you tell people they can't leave their home? I, I mean, know. that's very, very scary mm-hmm. because, you know, m- many women, many, many cases of female homelessness have to do with domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. And, but then when you... you where are you going to go Yeah, so right now, yeah. Um, it's just really scary. So we investigate this stuff. We talk about it. That particular stuff is not comedic, but um, that and I have an album that's all about
1: <laughs> women's issues. Uh, this is something I'm passionate about. <laughs> it's great. We need people like you. Yeah. I, I am just grabbing
2: my creativity by the pussy. <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, that is the catchphrase for the episode <laughs> that's, the,
0: that's the quote i'm gonna that's yeah. the
1: sound bite <laughs> that's what we're and putting if anyone in. anyone is appalled that i said it oh they can get over it you know how to vote mm-hmm. in november mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right
0: speaking oh of my that gosh. yeah speaking of that i love get a girl you go Thank you so much. And I love you got all the different cameos and I've seen it shared just pretty much everywhere on Instagram.
2: Oh, well, I love that. Yay. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. So, you know, the Get a Girl You Go is a song. It's about female empowerment. It's the ultimate girl power song, breaking the glass ceiling and women who do it all and and really a celebration of how far we've come. And so the video is uh, also a celebration. It shows historically how far we've come, but it also like says, OK, yeah, here are the women. So we, so we got the vote and we got all of these other rights. And now we are getting women in office. Now we can vote Ooh. for women. Yeah. And, uh, and so we feature all of these different women that are running for office this year. And, and yeah, I, I, I hope we can get more women in positions of power. And you know, we make up a little bit over half the population. Mm. Women do. And yet we only are twenty five percent of Senate and twenty three percent of Congress. and and yet a majority of women make the consumer decisions for the family. I mm, think eighty eighty percent of consumer decisions are are the women are doing those. And so women do take a big part in our economy. And have an under, deep understanding of what families need, and so having women in power really allows our government to govern better. The mm-hmm. people that are in it, because yeah. women do tend to be a little bit better in touch with uh, what is going on in the nucleus
1: of a of a family. Mm-hmm. Preach it, Laura Bell. That is, I (laughs) love that. That was so perfect, so well said, everything you've said. But wow. Thank you for all of that. I can't. Seriously. It's been so. I didn't know it was going to go here, and I'm so glad I, it came. I'm sorry, I, I said no, it before. No, I'm, I'm going, glad it came. I here. just need so going great.
0: there and going there. No, it's great because I feel like a lot of the times on our podcast, we do kind of talk about just kind of the same movies and shows. So this is going to be great to give something different for our listeners to hear. As uh, well. Listen,
2: if there's anything we haven't talked about, movies and shows, I'm happy to talk about it. We don't have to get off <laughs> oh, the phone no. yet. If you want to have it. Oh my gosh, no.
0: <laughs> we, I would love to hear more about your album coming out or your yes. album.
2: Yes. Uh, So, Get It Girl You Go is the first song off of uh, my album, Women of Tomorrow, which I um, wrote and produced with Shay Carter and Jeremy Edelman. And um, each song delves into a different issue that women are facing today, even though the sound of it, of the music sounds like a MGM classic movie musical with some sometimes hip hop beats and sometimes pop elements. And so it's the contrast of sort of the old and the new. And, um, and we, we dig into the issues. I got a song about equal pay called money. Ho, uh, (laughs) money, ho, money, ho. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and then we, we, I've got a song called sick of say and sorry, which is about how women, uh, over-apologize we just do we just sort of uh, constantly apologizing and um, there's songs about uh, reaching unattainable beauty standards our obsession with social media have a song called digital disease which is about uh, how desperately we need to be liked by people who don't know us Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, let me fix my face with this face tune. App, yeah. oh, oh, wow. I've gosh. never looked so good. God forbid someone sees me in real life. Right. <laughs> right? So <you> uh, catfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're catfishing everybody. Yeah. Um, But I actually think the pandemic has been great for that. Like everybody's in the same boat. Nobody's had Botox. Everybody's, uh, everybody's looking pretty haggard and that's, uh, <laughs> and that's, Great. That's what yeah. I want to see. I want to see like a Beverly Hills housewife walking out at the end of this pandemic. Yeah. Looking like, you know, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're figuring out how to get it done, but right? I feel like they I know. It out, I'm sure. Yeah. I know. Anyway, this, the, the album is, is almost, I will tell you kind of like a, uh, a soundtrack to, uh, the women's movement oh. and, and, a, and humanizing so that we can understand the issues that are going on. I find that music
1: makes a difficult subject easier to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. And people love music. And sometimes they're like, oh, it's an upbeat. They'll, they're more inclined to pay attention to it than yeah. if someone was yeah. just talking on the news. Maybe they would just push that aside.
2: Yeah, and there's ways mm. to be clever and tug at your heartstrings with music that you can't mm. do when you're just
1: using your words. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Oh, that sounds so, so, so great. Oh. well, the last thing I wanted to ask was <laughs> if you think you'd ever go back to Broadway again. <laughs> <laughs> Will <I know>, anyone? <laughs> I know, but who knows, really? Um, of course. One hundred percent.
2: I mean, uh, I, I actually was working on a show called honeymooners that, you know, we were really hopeful that it was going to go to Broadway and it didn't. Um, and that was a couple of years ago. And I was like, I just want to do one more Broadway show before I get pregnant. And then, uh, and then I had my son and, uh, and so listen, this would have been a great time if we weren't in a pandemic, um, to, to get back in and, and do another show. But I, I love being on stage. It is home for me. I love the Broadway community. I love mm-hmm. the theater community. They are just mm, my people Yeah. and I miss it. And I've been very fortunate to uh, continuously work out here in LA and do TV, but I, I'm never really as happy as I am on a
0: stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, know, I wish, I wish LA had more of a theater Broadway community, but it's just.
2: It's not. there. It's just so spread apart, you know, yeah. it's like, and it's hard to get anywhere in LA. Yeah. And if you're trying to have a curtain go up at 7 PM, nobody's there on time in yeah. New York city. It's like, you can just walk worst case mm. scenario. And the culture is just set up to make it, To work better, I think feel like what the West End in London is the same, but we're so spread out in LA that it's like I'll tell you, give an example of like the theater community from my my perspective is when I come into town and I haven't been there for a while, I know if I just walk down the street on Eighth Avenue from 59th to 38th, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna run into people I know, yeah, because they're together in the theater district. It's it, it, I think it allows for a sense of community Mm -hmm. and it allows for it to grow where it's like, we don't really able to do that in LA. And I've done theater in LA and I've had great experiences. And in fact, I think the best work I ever did was doing Sweet Charity uh, Mm -hmm. at Reprise. It was the most raw I've ever played a part, but it, you know, it wasn't on Broadway and it was hard for people to get there. And it was like, oh, wait, you're doing a show in Westwood. I don't (laughs) think I can get there from Los Feliz. Yeah. It's so yes. true. It's it like a,
0: yeah. Wait, oh. what
2: time? What time? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you do like a Sunday show? <laughs> um, I might be able to make Sunday work. I could maybe but I just I can't get there by 7. It's like <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's so
2: true. And like where do you park? I literally people oh. missed people
1: missed like 10 minutes, of, the first 10 minutes of that show trying to find parking. I mean. Oh, yeah. That,
0: that's a thing too, yeah. It's
1: horrendous out here. It's the worst. You can't, you cannot find parking anywhere. Hopefully <laughs> you can go back to Broadway and we can all get to you when everything's safe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh.
0: <sighs> good times. Yeah.
1: Well, we cannot thank you enough. I mean, this has been above and beyond.
0: Seriously, this has been so great.
1: Oh, so, so so great. Thank you so much for your time. You know, for, I'm so, so glad that you're healthy. Thank you for sharing everything with us. This has been one of the best interviews. It really
0: has. It really has.
1: Oh, well, good. I'm, I'm glad I've just enjoyed having
2: a conversation with you. It doesn't feel like an interview, but
0: yeah. right. I, I know, I don't think I like, we always write out questions and I think I look down at my phone like twice. twice? We didn't even yeah. need them. <laughs> well, it was Your so gosh. nice to meet you. Nice Thank to meet you so too. Much.
1: Thank you so right. much,
0: Laura Bell. Stay Bye safe. guys. Bye. Bye.
1: Oh my God. Oh
0: my God, you guys. You guys, you, you knew there was another one of those coming, didn't you? We say that anyway.
1: We say that anyway, and it's so fitting that we just had Elle Woods from Legally Blonde the Musical on, so it makes more sense to say that in this episode.
0: We talked to her for a while after the interview, but I could have talked to her forever.
1: We loved hearing about her start. I loved hearing about... Her. When she would impersonate her mom, that was one of my favorite parts, because... The accent. The accent. I can just picture her sweet mom, but... We also hope, like we mentioned in the beginning, that there was a lot that people learned from this episode.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: You guys, if you're not following her, please follow her. She is very active on Twitter. She's posting a lot of stuff about women's rights. She's encouraging people to vote, which we support all of that. She has a lot of great country music. So what's not to love?
0: Yeah, if you go to her Instagram, it's just all one word, Laura Bell Bundy. Her link tree is there. It has links to her new music video that we talked about, Get a Girl You Go. It has links to her website. It has links to register to vote. So if you're not registered to vote, follow Laura Bell Bundy and then register to vote.
1: Yes. Also, check out her hilarious sketches on YouTube. It's schizophrenic, but it's spelled like skits. And then she has the skit.
0: And then some of the sketches she talked about, she has like the women, women demic, I think that's how you say it.
1: And then there's also the Broadway bus stop. That's so
0: fun. And of course, check her out in Jumanji. And Legally Blonde, the musical. Uh, I don't know if it's on the MTV app, but the entire musical is on YouTube. If you go look on YouTube for Legally Blonde, the musical. Uh, We
1: love her so much. Laura Bell, if you happen to still be listening, we cannot thank you enough from the bottom of our hearts Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing everything with us.
0: Seriously, it meant so much. It always just means so much whenever people agree to come on and chat with us. But then whenever they're so open and like so willing to talk about everything, it's just it's just so great. <laughs> we can't thank it's you so enough It's so
1: great. It makes our whole day. Everyone go follow her. Check out her music. And um, while you're already at it and, you know, on the, the computer or the phone, the you could also follow us at bttb podcast on yeah. instagram the Twitter, facebook go facebook to our website to
0: the
1: best. yes 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 facebook you got. i'm sorry guys you gotta actually and, TikTok. It out to and tiktok and tiktok i'm sorry guys you gotta actually <laughs> write out back to the best but you can also just go to our website www.bttbpodcast.com. everything is linked there
0: And if you did like this episode, we would love it so much if you could share this episode with all your friends. And if you could go leave us a review, leave us a rating everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, just review us everywhere. If it's five stars. If it's not, maybe send us a DM. We'll chat. We'll uh, work on getting that rating up.
1: We will work on it. We love a good DM. Go ahead and slide right in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, uh, thank you guys (laughs) so much for listening uh this week join us next week where we are definitely gonna keep taking you back to the best
1: bye you guys
0: (laughs) bye